Welcome everyone to episode 6 of the Monkey Business Show. Uh, today we have a special guest. Hello everybody. Uh, Seb, yay, you've made it. It only took us 6 weeks to get you in here. Oh, come on. How are you doing, dude? <laughs> I'm doing great, great. Happy to be here. Feels weird to be on a, on a show a with you guys. Feels good. Yeah. <laughs> I have to warn you, I have a little bit delay. So if I interrupt, just keep going through. Uh, I know I, I know you're, it's just about you being rude. I, no, no problem. Always. I got a message from Seb telling me it feels really weird that I have to go and buy my own webcam. How is this happening? Like, I, I feel like I've had webcams in the past, right? Uh, and I've never, I, I've always like looked down on them. And now I'm like, now that I need one, mm -hmm. I, I don't even know where they are anymore. And then I feel silly that I just have to go and buy one, you know. It's more of a walk of shame, kind of a purchase of this of shame than anything. Mm -hmm. And then we also have here Mike. Mike is a new face in our podcast and in our organization. He's the head of esports. What's up, buddy? Not, uh, not too much. You just asked me to join this podcast the, a day ago and said, hey, we're going to talk about things you want to mm -hmm. come on sounds good what better way to uh, to kick off well, my Friday. I mean, we're gonna talk about dota and i need a league of legends yes. person just so we kind of humiliate and just to beat up oh, okay yeah yeah i see i yeah, see yeah, yeah. no <laughs> maybe too big to be beaten up i'm <laughs> gonna backtrack on this one <laughs> <laughs> we need we need like a the inferior moba uh representative i was one oh uh, yeah yeah inferior uh yeah how, where's the where's there the major go. being held again? <laughs> there we go. Oh, right away. Here's the major. <laughs> First two minutes, yeah. And Johan, hello. You also got a hello. How I'm back. Doing, I'm back every week. Oh, look at that. I'm <laughs> always again. here. Yeah. Consistency is key. I'm the budget guest. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually like the host. Call more important guest. Of course, I am happy to be happy to to be back and happy to have Seb and, and Mike on and yeah. Been begging for weeks, and now, now we finally found the right price, and and Seb is here. Yeah, now you're gonna realize your <laughs> <Hey>. mistake. <laughs> it's okay. So we can we can I subtitle have, this. I have a few <laughs> items for the agenda <laughs> that we are going to be talking about. Uh, we received yesterday, well, yesterday, sorry, last week, uh, a question from our fan, which was, "How do we fix Dora?" and I think that it was very interesting to have here somebody from the inferior MOBA and obviously Seb, so we can like, you know, uh, talk about different <laughs> opinions and, and different things. But before we start, I, we always talk a little bit of, you know, just little funny things. So Mike joined the organization in December. Uh, is somebody that I had a chance to work years ago when we were both in Immortals. And even though my, my time in Immortals was not the best and the most rewarding one, he was one of the good guys and I thought very highly of him. And I specifically had a part of my contract that said that I could not steal Mike when I left. It was part of my termination. So after the time passed where I could, it happens that he was also ready to leave. So I was like, okay, this is happening and nobody's stopping me. So he's now officially our head of esports since December. And yeah, it's been honestly a very incredibly transformative experience for me. So he's been doing a great job. But now the fun part is obviously Johan and Seb have designed, nurtured, and literally created everything we do competitively. So one of his biggest tasks is how does he continue nurturing and evolve it or how Seb says it, how he does it, fuck it up. So yeah, I would like to put you on blast right now. <laughs> and uh, Seb, Johan, you know, obviously you guys have an incredibly value-driven company and it's always a little bit exciting and at the same time intimidating, you know, welcoming someone else into this, this world to keep your baby. How was for it for you guys when I presented the opportunity of working with Mike and, and such? No, so I'll go first. I mean, it's, um, I would say we've needed, we've needed expertise. Uh, we've been looking for seniorship. We've been looking for people who know what they're like, who've done, who, who, who know things and have done things before that would be the ideal fit. And. Well, when you proposed uh, getting someone from 
past experience with experience. Uh, I think it was completely down the alley and I only hear good things. And now I'll have to, now I also get to make up my, my mind myself soon. Um, but no, I mean, uh, so far so good, I guess you could say. And, and I hope Mike, you're ready to, uh, to have some nice talks when you, when you get here and, and we can hang out with the Dota guys and you can get an idea of what, yes, what, uh, the spirit is and what we what we what we've been trying to do and how we've done things in the past kind of like the experiences we've made and 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 the way we choose to then do things with that um because yeah i mean those are the things that are the best is the is the ones that you you feel proud of and that you've worked for and that you now you got smarter and you worked hard and 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 hopefully with with new talent new people uh new daughter team we're able to transfer transfer all these good things and all these principles i guess you want to, yeah, principles or uh, methods, tools, anything we can, you know, transfer, transfer experience, transfer the good stuff, uh, and lead, lead by a good example. And for you, Seb, how was it? Obviously, we the, the where we when we analyzed the opportunity of working with Mike, I think that the exciting part for me was that because he worked in League of Legends and he worked in Overwatch, there were extremely structured environment where you need a very high level of professionalism and to carry as a real business because they're two franchises. And we wanted someone that had that background, even if it was necessarily not a Dota person. Because it's actually one of the things that Sebastian and Johan have really asked me that we have to find the best people, hopefully part of the community. But if not, how do we professionalize OG? And the truth is that some of those most professional minds are in other games. So we needed to go and, and lure them in. The first thing that I asked him is to watch True Side 8. <laughs> that was like, look, you gotta, you gotta see this, you know? And you watch it with your wife and everything. Told. Yeah, actually, so I watched it with my wife and then I went, when we were in, uh, in Raleigh for the Halo thing, I actually watched it with a friend of mine because I was like, man, this is so good. So I just watched it again with him. Um, but yeah, I had a whole, my first day, actually, I think my official first day was watching True Sight 8 and 9 back to back and then all the other content I could I could get my hands on for it. Um, I'll be biased and just say my Anna is my favorite player. So uh, <laughs> that'll be my my sticking because point. Because you haven't met him. I've heard, <laughs> that's, it's probably because I've heard I've heard stories from other people uh, about him and how things kind of came together. So I don't know if it's true or not, but we'll... Uh, that he just like showed up one day and it was like, yeah, I'm just going to play this and like never like just kind of appeared and just does really well and like never actually grinded the game for it. And I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. You could just do that if that's actually what happened. So is that is that inspiring to you? Is that how you you, you wish you could just, just like, wake show up? up. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy, <laughs> think, enough, easy enough. Think I'll win TI today. Yeah, just casually. It would be great. Uh, it's, it's a very not. What it about just seemed Anna's like very nonchalant. What was that? I, it just seemed like a what very about like. Anna? Was this... I think it was just like the from the just from what I saw, it just seemed like it was very nonchalant. Where like going through things, like it was like, oh yeah, I'll just play this, and I'll just happen to carry on Ember, you know, or I'll just I'll do this, and I'll happen to do like it just seemed very casual, and like it was very laid back. Whereas like watching it, like Seb, you're like super intense the whole time, like yelling behind people, um, and it's like I like both of them honestly, but it's uh. I like that juxtaposition of of kind of the the attitudes there, but I think it's just always funny to be like cool guy anime, put the katana on, tip the fedora, and just leave for uh, <laughs> for showing up, if you will. So I mean, nonchalant does sound like a very fitting word to describe Anna. Like I think it's a very good way <laughs> to put it. <laughs> and maybe it's just <clears throat> I feel like we're talking about characters. I don't know you guys. I think for me, it's Johan about how mm. you guys are about to play TI and he's talking about how comfortable his jeans are. It's like, this guy doesn't really know that he's here. He's, he's thinking something else, you know? Hmm, pasta, you know? Like, hmm, what am I going to eat later? <laughs> it, it actually sounds like I will like say that. Stretchy, stretchy jeans. It, it's, a good, uh, it's a good trick to, um, I don't know if the word is proper to use, but to kind of ground yourself. And it's something that quite that's quite important mm. in these moments where like you... You go back to some fundamentals about how you feel, like how you feel in your, in your, um, mm. in your clothes, um, how you feel in your body. You know, do you feel tired? Do you feel good? How's your energy level and stuff? Johan has been, mm. I don't know. I think it's quite spontaneous to him. 
I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's here, so it's quite convenient. <laughs> he can say for himself. But uh, I think <laughs> these are things that, for instance, I've had to learn and I've had to think about. Like, I was kind of pushed to think about it, you know, and learn these tricks to kind of deal with the pressure better and these kind of things. I think for some people, it's just kind of natural. Uh, but it's, it's very important. It it, it feel it sounds like a, something a bit, you know, like light that doesn't really matter. I, I actually... Actually, a good uh, trick is like a secret trick oh. for these big events. Not necessarily Not talking about your jeans. You can talk free. about anything. <laughs> it's all in the jeans, man. <laughs> it's not about, about the jeans. jeans I, just, win tournaments. I just want people yeah, to focus yeah. on the right yeah, thing yeah. here. The keyword is not jeans. It's yeah. it's more about <laughs> the f- how you feel. Uh, yeah. Pants pants are the most underrated part of the, the pro player experience. Everyone's <laughs> like, ah, oh, the jersey's got to fit well. But if your pants are bunching okay. up when you're sitting down, yeah. No, don't, don't try to I have a story for Johan. This is a great conversation, Jake. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to keep on talking about pants because Johan okay. messaged me saying it's very important for me that for TI we all wear the same pants and the same color pants. Johan, what color were your pants on TI10? Dude, I don't know. Probably gray or probably the, Not, the correct. green and uh, the brown. black one. Correct. Mm-hmm. What color were okay. the pants of everybody else in the team? So we gave up on color coordinating. We didn't have the pants. That was the problem. You were the like, only one not coordinating. Just went out. Yeah, but nobody, nobody actively coordinated. That just happened, happened to be. I mean, you just nobody tried to coordinate. Pants, so I like... just, I just, yeah, I guess. Correct. So I assume that when nobody coordinated, they would use black. So he was the one that wanted to coordinate, and he was the one not wearing black pants. I mean, if you're gonna go for Johan, color, where my pants? we didn't win TI because of it. I mean, if you're gonna go yeah. for color, then it because requires the coordination, right? Like. You know, obviously, we're not going to be coordinated if you go for some pink pants. Like, you have to let us but know. You I have to usually do gray shopping. I do gray shopping. So if, 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 if I just pick something random, most likely, or if something nobody tells me, I'm going to go for gray. Okay. I think other, most other people would probably have either black or some people would have white or whatever. Hmm. I would say that the only people that can wear gray sweatpants in public are NBA players. That's it. You can't. Like, that's not an, an optimal <laughs> gray pond excursion well you can also have like um jeans that are gray right i, ha- I have a couple yeah. of pairs they're they're awesome okay that's true yeah yeah stop hating on gray man gray is gray is in the it's new, new gray. fad gray is a new yeah the new gray mm-hmm. well so as you can see we really don't get to talk much about work when we are together this is a perfect <laughs> a perfect example but i wanted to bring mike and i wanted to bring seb because there has been obviously this big topic about how do we fix Dota. So I would like to first play the video and then we can talk about it. Hi, hello. I hope all of you are well. So my question for today is, um, what are your thoughts on how we can improve Dota eSport as a whole? Okay, so pretty much the... Let's say that the the ground is now in front of us. Uh, Sep. What are the main things or the first ideas that come to mind about how to fix the competitive environment of current Dota? How to fix the competitive environment of current Dota. That's a good one. Um, do I get like do I get hired by Valve if I nail it? Like how does it work? <laughs> how does uh, this work? You could, you could. There oh, is okay. a chance because it's not like the chocolate factory, you know? We never Thank know who is much. inside. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm good being just a partner. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I think um, um, maybe, you know, um, the ability to be, to, to, to plan things more in advance, I think that's like the first thing that comes to my mind is like evolving you know competitively in dota is like being in the dark basically there's no no better way to put it like you're constantly in the dark you don't know what's about to happen you know you invite your friends and family and whatever you have people come over book tickets book hotels to ti and then two weeks what was it was it two weeks before to the event or a month i mean at this point it doesn't really matter because we're so used to it but then you just get the memo that all right there's not going to be an audience then you get the memo that there's not going to be a land or there is going to be a land you know what i mean like it's it's always so confusing and I understand that it, it must be tough to monitor, but whatever action they can take to give people more time to prepare. And by people, I mean literally every everyone in the scene, like the fans, the, the TOs, the, the players, the teams, the, the, the sponsors. I mean, honestly, I think everybody suffers a lot from this uncertainty and this the fact that, yeah, um, overnight you could have a news about cancellation or or 
changes for everything. We've had that with dates and whatnot. So just a good, good better planning. That would be my first, my first take. All right, all right. So that's a great point. More heads up, greater planning, ability to plan into the future. Great point. Mike, you get the next, the next question. I feel this is like a quiz show, mm -hmm. you know? So Mike for yeah. $25, what would be your next change? My next change. Uh, I mean, given that I've been pretty much in the outskirts of it, I mean, I think, uh, latching onto the point of kind of the competitive scheduling, um, at least for what I've seen in terms of the, the pro league circuit itself, like obviously it's a step in a direction to give some, you know, clarity and structure. Like it's, it's not a full franchised model, right. Where you come in and there's, these teams are always going to be competing. There's the promotion relegations of it, but, um, you know, I think optimizing for kind of your higher viewership matches as well from the competitive side to make sure that you're getting the, you know, you're really growing the ecosystem because I think right now there's a lot of kind of uncertainty that we've seen from, uh, you know, just this past one, right, with teams that are like coming and going and there's been quite a bit of drama, at least from this first season um, that I've noticed from the outside, right, um, where teams just aren't performing and they have like a sizable brand. So it's like, how are we helping the teams that actually want to invest into the space, like, stay consistent with it um and that'd be my you know amateur arm, reddit armchair analyst take on uh on that there's just got to be ways to to kind of grow the the pie on that side because right now it's basically carried by the four teams that are in you know western europe effectively for for the main viewership side of it okay so competitive structure and help people that are investing in the ecosystem i would say that is a yeah. key learning Johan, how about you? Uh, well, I think two points were kind of made and I think two points kind of like to, to try and simplify it. One is when they, when Valve or the Dota, the Dota part of Valve has made plans, they don't always follow through and they don't always come to fruition. I think even with the DPC system, even with the flaws that they have for this year, even with, with the flaws that they have for the COVID year, uh, if they could have realized their plans, realized the tournaments, um, it would have already been a lot better. So to that point, I, the reason why I don't think it's happening is because they're understaffed slash they're not, there's not a absolutely dedicated team of people trying to make competitive Dota work. Mm. Um, and it reflects in communication with teams and it reflects in communication with fans and, and, and users, players. Um, so that's one thing, like, how can they change for something better? I would say hire some people or put a team together and like become the face of, 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 you know, um, Dota esport part of it or whatever you want to call it entirety of it. Uh, cause right now it's like, it's Verkim on Twitter and, and Bruno and, and that's all that people know. And, and it's, we don't know much more either, you know, um, we don't know much more people. We don't know much more. Yeah, like how their hierarchy and how their view is. So that would be one thing. And then, yeah, the other thing would also be better planning and decision making. And it would also come from better communication. Uh, I do think that this DPC system, regardless of um, overall viewership, I do think that it's not good for the pro teams. I don't think it's good for uh, just the overall scene, the money that could be coming in and the hype uh, tournaments that could be had um, with having a DPC system. So I think they can do better in that too. It could probably boil down to the same things. Um, but definitely communicating and also using the resources that are here, which is us, which is other teams, which is fans or people. Everybody, there are a lot of people who are out there breathing Dota, willing to die for this game. And I don't think they're utilizing nearly enough. Like it's a community-driven, community made, everything game. It's all about the community. I don't think it's being used enough um Valve, Valve could tap into it they could definitely tap into it and i yeah i don't think they uh, they're, they're using it so that would be my so two i have a i have a question for you seb which is very always very fun we joke a lot so you are a legendary player and so are you johan you're two times ti winner four times 
major winner. So you must have a very close relationship with Valve. I'm sure mm -hmm. that Valve messages you all the time about telling all you about the their time. plans. And when you, send, the when you send emails, immediately they respond. Actually, like it's, it's a very tight relationship. I got distracted during this podcast because they just keep texting me. Like they just, they just won't stop. <laughs> and they're asking me about the next major and what no, I think no, we should not do. No, 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 <laughs> All the time I get these calls. I'm like, dude, like, please give me, give me a break here. Like, you know, you guys yes, got to do DBC your thing on your own. Is going swimmingly. <laughs> yeah, stop caring so much about me and, and other players and teams. Like you guys can take initiatives it's okay like we'll just follow through you know now like we actually i mean i personally i like them very much because every time we we get to to meet up and stuff like we you know they're they're nice and and everything is you know they're just nice people honestly but uh, when it comes to how they handle things it's uh but you know how i i guess it's i, I mean i was gonna make some draw, draw some bad analogies i need to find a better one but when 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 because i was gonna compare myself to to a dog like i got used in a certain way so like i got raised in a certain way so now i'm just used to that you know i'm just used to not being mm -hmm. giving any heads up institutionalized <laughs> <laughs> yeah so whatever they give me now i'm just like that's so nice of you to let <laughs> me know that you know in a week we're gonna go to another country than the one that was planned that's very nice but you know, sometimes when you talk to people, you know, now I hear Mike and I'm like, yeah, maybe that's not so normal. You know, maybe we should, maybe we should uh, try to get something else like better treatment. But I'm kind of used to it. So it's like, this is my world. This yeah, is my yes. reality, you know. Literal, literal Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> exactly. and I would I like really them. not want to settle either, you know. I don't want to settle because you, every, the bar has been set so mm. low. That when we when we raise it an inch, it's like ah, they're going the right way. It's like high five. It's like it's good enough, you know. Like no, I think we can aim really high, you know. I think the professionalism is there and everything, and and people are ready. I think Valve, Valve are the ones who are behind. You know how it started? It's like one one of my first uh, experiences with Valve was back then when I was trying to qualify to TI, which Johan never learned about until later, because he's premium, <laughs> and I'm pleb. You know, for us pleb, we, we had to try to qualify. You know, we had to try to get Valve's attention. And back then, it was it wasn't truly like qualifiers. It wasn't qualifiers at all. Actually, it was just invites. I was casting your game, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to like do well somehow, and then you've had you you'd have the invites that would come out, right? And they would come out anytime for the rest of the world. So basically, I remember these years where we were up at like three, four a.m. Just you know just smashing the F5 button or whatever the refresh button is. Now I'm having like a blackout F5, right? So just mm. smashing F5, F5, F5. Like, are we going to get in? Are we going to get in? No info, no nothing. You, you know, you, you'd imagine if you're not part of this ecosystem that you get a heads up, you get an email, you get you get a text, you get nothing. You're just F5ing the website. Like, just like everybody else, literally, yeah. except this is your team. We were, this no, is we were estimating. Career. We were like yeah. estimating when we could get the invite. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. also had to guess that, right? Like, it's like, do you think it would be next night, like after their dinner or something, or maybe the next day, or they're busy or something? It's somebody's birthday, so you had to guess, and then you had to F5, and then eventually you had the logos that would start popping. It's like, oh, Fnatic is in, okay. Then they would just stop popping for like half an hour. Nobody knows why, you know, God knows why. And then it pops again. It's like, oh, are we gonna get in? So this is how we got used, like the 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 kind of stuff we got used to. So at this point, it's like. Rest is kind of cool, you know. <laughs> like, it's okay. I still use <laughs> <guess> it. <laughs> yeah. it I I saw the note. The but, note but, for um. Yeah, go ahead, Jan. No, I was just gonna say that was cool for a couple of years. I was after three years of that, like it could have gotten a little more with the millions. <laughs> you know, it could have gotten. A, you could have gotten an email. Is what I'm saying. An email would have been nice, but I, maybe we should have like. <laughs> yeah, no, but then we don't fucking read emails. Right. Yeah. I mean, Johan, maybe like you're just. One. Let me check. You're just exposing us, like. Can you just like <laughs> it could have been a you could have chose something else like a text or a call you had to choose they the call email me, what they call me the manager Jesus I take all the blame I'm the only one that didn't read the email even though like eight managers received it and didn't didn't read it I'm taking it like I got this guys don't worry mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the manager Jesus oh god so for me I I think that the way that I I didn't want this to be a podcast about like about just shitting on Valve because I actually <laughs> I actually really like them the same oh. thing that you said. Every single time we meet them, they're good people and they're trying to do what in their mind is what they think is best. Mm. I think that the problem is not on intentions. I think it's in misalignment. I, don't, I just don't think that they're getting the right information. 
which is what Johan said, you know, there's a lot of people in the community that could help them. And I don't think they're really getting the information. So in a very macro level, what I think that Valve needs to decide is that if they're going to take control over their ecosystem or they're going to let it go completely. I think they have to make one of those binary decisions. If you're going to own the ecosystem, just like Riot or Garena or some other games, you are running the leagues, you are running the majors, you are running TI. That's you, it's your product. Okay, you can always hire somebody to do production, but it's your product. You sell against it, you build it, and then if anything happens, it's on you. But at least we all sign in deals with you, the TPAs with you, and everything with you. Okay, that's one side. The other thing you can do is you can completely open it up, like CSGO. And then everybody does whatever they want, and then companies like Blast and ESL start making their own products, and you have a great calendar full of great premium events because somebody else has the ability to make money out of this so they can spend the money to build it. Because right now in Dota, we're somewhere in the middle. There's no calendar space for anybody to build anything, okay. and the current one is not good enough for us to survive. So I will say from the macro level is either you own it or you delegate it and you let it go. Then on the second level is that it has to be based on the first level is, okay, what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to achieve more hours played, more ecosystem, more stability? Because if what you were trying to do is create a constant influx of games in all regions, that is the KPI. They want to have this constant regional leak. But the problem is that the ecosystem is so skewed to TI because all the money is in TI that we're really only playing qualifiers of qualifiers of qualifiers of qualifiers of qualifiers. That's the whole ecosystem. There is no, there is no milestones of anything. We're just playing qualifiers. There's only one when climax we... this whole year. One big yeah. climax, <laughs> nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah. And then the problem is that you have, for example, these regional leagues where we only play one game per week, but the regional leagues are not real leagues. They're qualifiers to the major that qualifies you to TI. Cause there is no real value about winning these leagues. So. We play only one game a week on a qualifier. Qualifiers normally are, give me three days of qualifiers, you know? And we know if we're in or we're out. We play three games a day or two games a day, maybe a week if you want to have a double bracket, you know, double elimination. And then in a week, hey, we know if we're in or we're out. There is momentum, you know? The meta is delivering and, and changing within, within hours. And in, at the end of the week, on a Sunday, you know, these are the six teams that are going to the major. Right now, when you win, you, it's very impossible to really carry momentum to the next week. And when you lose, it's impossible to make up because you're not playing for another week. Yeah. But Mike, you have this in League of Legends. How do you guys deal with this? Because the I league mean, is, the, gonna... is the prize. It's not qualifying to anything, maybe. Well, I mean, well, so I think there's there's part of it which I was going to draw a parallel, which is, you know, both the league ecosystem and the the Dota ecosystem, they both kind of work up to a 10-pole event, which is, you know, Worlds for the League side, and then it's TI for for Dota, right? Because if you think about it, Spring, for League of Legends, historically, we always meme on it, it means nothing, because there's there's just MSI, which, you know, gives your region an extra spot to go to Worlds, you know, so if North America ever won anything in uh, in League of Legends, you know, they would actually get to to get that advanced spot, but, like, if you win the Summer Split for, for League, you're just in, you go to Worlds, right? So, you could completely suck the entire year um, and they tried to adjust it this past season where they Listen, actually Mike, I have to explain something so there's two mm -hmm. there's two splits there's the spring split yeah. and there's the summer split the spring split <laughs> for a few months takes you to MSI that is middle season invitation it's just an invitation mm. and then if you win the second one or you sec good in the summer then you go to Worlds okay sorry oh boy I got it <laughs> no 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 problem I'll, I'll go I'll dial it back I was watching <laughs> I was actually watching the Team Spirit Plays League of Legends uh, video before this and it was I was dying because it was they're trying to like liken everything to their Dota champs and it's like oh man everyone's got an Aegis now and I was like ah oh, Chemtech Drake terrible but um wait just sorry just anyway yeah, yeah just a quick tr <laughs> shortcut like uh, how did that go because I only saw the advertising for it did they do good or did they was it terrible they they lost uh, so they they sucked in the beginning. They were uh, what was it? How bad? They were like, they were like trying, to, uh, like they were trying to clear jungle camps and they were dying <laughs> to the. They didn't buy the <laughs> that bad. They were the, actually dying the, to creeps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoever was playing uh, top, I don't, I don't know who it was, but they were playing the. Uh, What's top? Uh, Offlane? Uh, maybe. 
Uh, yeah, offlane, I guess. Yeah, yours, your lane, collapse whatever you would play. Collapse is like so, yeah. some of the best, the finest yeah. we have to offer. Like, not, not collapse, <laughs> take somebody else. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they were... Um, it was they, they there was like uh, it, I I'll just we, sh we should do a video where we just react to that and I could just walk through it and we could go through it but it, it was it was it was quite entertaining anyway um, I think reacting yeah, to so there's the two playing yeah. Dota would be it would sound more fun <laughs> League players playing I Dota agree. look you can you can just watch me try to play Konka dude it's fucking crazy yeah I can watch that I only play, I can play, that. <laughs> I only play I, yeah I only play Rapier or Konka that's it oh god it's like yeah, a good strat. I'm uh, if you're ahead, just get more okay, ahead. So go back to advice. league. So we have yeah, two back to league. Two seasons. Spring and two summer. Splits, yep. Spring gets you to MSI. Summer gets you to Worlds. There is no reason yep. for you to win spring because spring doesn't really get you to Worlds. Yeah. So basically, what they had tried to do to rectify it this past year was they actually made your record carry over from spring through summer. So that, but again, it just gives you better seeding, right? So effectively, the entire year is just a qualifier. Because all you have to do is, if you win your league, you will go to Worlds, and then the second, um, the top three teams would end up going the way they structured the bracket out. So it's like as long as you made it through, you could be the eight because eight out of ten teams in summer qualified to playoffs, right? So you could be the eighth place team in theory, and you could win. You have to win a couple of BO5s to get there, but if you made it up to the top three, you're going to Worlds. So you could suck the entire year as long as you made eighth place. And I think this past year, you only needed... Um, eight out of 10 teams, okay? Eight We're out of 10. About yeah, eight out of 10. <laughs> eight out of 10. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you, yeah, eight out of 10. And then if you were... I think the record to get in for eighth place was like 16 wins out of 45 games. So you did a 30% win rate. You could make it to the playoffs. And as long as you won five BO5s, you are you make it to Worlds, right? So, so you could tank the entire year. What does it take to not make it in that case? Like, how, how bad does it have to be? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's there's just only three the, teams that go yeah. to Worlds out of a 10. So it's just, the, 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 what he's telling you is that they all get to play the playoffs. Yeah. Now, the playoffs are where it's a bloodbath. Because in the playoffs, you actually have to win it to make it. But every team gets to play the playoffs. So yeah. how many climaxes does does uh, League have a year in terms of like entertainment? Like, if you, two. Well, you could, you could say MSI. You, no, you could say MSI is, is basically a, uh, is kind of the climax. So it gets, it'd be... I guess the equivalent of whatever so, like the second major would be for the year, something like around that level. Because what I think a lot of people are nostalgic about and also where they get the idea that things could be better in Dota is that back in the day, there were systems where it really felt like things mattered throughout the whole season. Like you'd win one of the first tournaments, that was your TI invite. That was it, you know, you all saw you needed to do and it could get you invited and it could also make your whole year easier could make you plan strategically which tournaments to go for which was like massive so right off the bat in the beginning of the season it was actually really intense and it was a huge prize to kind of get you know because you are mm. i don't know at least that's how it felt like to me as a player always when i started playing dota is that when you play these big tournaments it was always your potential ticket to ti and then the closer you get to ti the more crucial it would be maybe not for the guys who are already there mm. they you don't have the tension for those guys they're in but all the rest we're not in they're all dying you know for the last couple of slots and i think that yeah. was a really good way to have multiple climaxes have excitement say hi have these tournaments matter there were no silly qualifiers there were only raw tournaments where it also came with prize it also came with you know big land stage games intense dota high high level dota but but also that since everything revolves around tia anyway why why shy away from it? but now it's uh, it's Really sad to be playing the DPC compared to back in the day, you know, yeah. and playing some really hype star ladder, and and that could net you the invite yeah. just like this can, but this is just so long drawn and mm. yeah, yeah, I'm not so hype. I want to yeah, I want to kind of go maybe take a step back because I think there's a, a bigger problem with with esports and, and the viewership, right? If you really think about like traditional sports, and not to be that guy who's like yeah, it's ball sports, but um you think about the seasons that we have and then like those those uh, traditional games, like if you take you know, football, for example, like American football, not European football. Um, you know, the season really starts in like August, September, and then it runs through, it'll climax in February, and then you have all this time off. Whereas when you run these concurrent leagues, right, you're basically playing January. And if you go to TI, it's September, October, potentially, depending on when they want to have it. There's this entire calendar you have to fill with matches. And like, it's just, I think it's almost impossible to make the ones early on meaningful because if you say, 
hey, if you win season one of, of DPC, you know, you're win- that's around now. Is it fair to make that team qualify directly to TI and then have them strategically plan, right? Whereas if the season's potentially shorter, like you can make matches more meaningful. And I think regular seasons are a bit of a trap as well, just because, you know, you'll get the consistent viewership for it, which is great from like a product market standpoint. But a lot of the excitement, a lot of the hype comes with these, you know, climax events, these tentpole events that occur through the year where it's like, yeah, I love going to, I'd rather go to a major. And if I have a major that I know I'm going to qualify for and it gets me directly there, it means more because then another team has a chance. Then you have a consolidation towards the end, which is what you're, you're kind of getting at. So the regular season to put value into it for like the actual things that matter, it, it's kind of diametrically opposed in, in that sense. There's no, no one's really struck a good balance because regular seasons, again, they don't, they almost don't matter outside of like get a hundred K viewers, sell it to sponsors type of deal. In my opinion, the problem is that you are, it's a trickle dot effect. You are creating another problem by solving a problem because yeah. we never had a problem with hype. The hype, we had it. Remember, we had mm-hmm. the four majors or the three majors and the other, we play BTS and mm-hmm. we play Epicenter. It was okay. Every tournament every week was a different tournament and it still was hype. And I actually like the differentiation between traditional sports because we fit a niche where we were constantly consuming content and Dota content. And if you give me only one week, one game a week, like the NFL, then unfortunately it doesn't hold my attention. So I'm going to go somewhere else. And that attention, which is at the end of the day where we're all competing for, goes to streamers, goes to something else, goes to Netflix. So you have to put constant product in front of this. By, I remember, guys, I mean, you guys remember this better than me, but I remember these qualifiers into BTS, qualifiers into Epicenter, and the qualifiers were hype. I mean, they were not like major hype, but they were pretty hype, pretty fun. And then you go directly into, into Epicenter, which is two weeks, and Epicenter was pretty hype as well. I think that by the time they try to, of, I think a lot yeah. of direct invites, which I I think was helpful for the tier one scene. I I want to mm-hmm. say like because there was a, there is a space and and there was a, there was a space and there is a space where tier one scene is very hype. Dota is very hype. It's also hype because of TI because of what happens once a year, and everybody can have a dream about going there. So they want to see from tier one teams what are they doing? How do you play Dota? How do you do these things? So giving them the settings of peaking, giving them the reasons to peak, I think is what created all that. But now it's it's taking a step back. It's mm-hmm. gone away from it. Where, yeah, beyond the summit, all those tournaments that you're mentioning, like people, tier one teams just got invited. There were still qualifiers. There's still a lot of content being produced by like the tier almost one and, and like two point something or whatever you want to call it. Um, it does feel like, yeah, like you're saying, one one game a week and a, like this NHL thing uh, or NFL, it's not, I don't think it fits esports or Dota or whatever you want to call it. I do think that there is a system that is that is better. We don't have to be soccer either where it's World Cup every four years. No, we can have our TI once a year. I think that has worked f- tremendously. And I do think that three majors, maybe four, can fit within that year. I don't think you can have 20. Um, but I think there is a, yeah, there's a season to be had. I think it's imp- also important to take into account and think about and, and and what then makes sense for that season. Like how much is too much? How, yeah, when, when could we fit in more and, and not oversaturate? But Dota never had that issue with hype back in the day. And never. Yep. the ecosystem was almost never. running on itself. And Valve was kind of making that thing work that Jay was saying, where they're half-half. They were kind of judged a year based on these third-party tournaments and, and take that into consideration when doing TI invites that ecosystem worked and then there were there weren't like massive complaints ever about um about the way things were um so yeah, yeah I don't to know. compile to what you what you're saying is so we had an ecosystem that was had problems and was unfair in some things but it was undeniable that it was super hype and i think it was undeniable that everybody had different pockets of ownership which allowed different products to grow while BTS was completely different from another product, was completely from another product. But there were problems there, okay? Players maybe were not being treated very fairly. We didn't have a lot of quality control of some of these tournaments. There were some scammy tournaments, you know, that were not paying and all that. So then they decided to go completely the opposite way. And then they created themselves a whole new different set of problems that they didn't anticipate. I have to admit one thing, and maybe again, maybe I'm just very romantic about this. But how I fell with Dota, fell in love with Dota, would not fit in this current model. I don't think I will fell in love with Dota the way that we're playing it right now. Because the way that I used to consume it, 
is okay, these guys are playing BTS or these guys are playing Epicenter. So I was glued to my phone, you know, for four or five days. And all the games were hyped. So I learned to love Dota because all the games were hype. I didn't only look forward to the OG secret where I will time it is this Friday. I will be there watching, remember Happy Feats and some of these other teams? And all of them were hype because there were these brackets and they're going to play OG next. And they were like back to back to back to back. So in the morning, I will play it, and then at night, I will go to bed. But I think there's also, I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to what you guys are saying, and now I'm just thinking out loud, but there, there's something mm -hmm. hype about, like, having, like, a pool of teams <clears throat> in a reduced, you know, period of, of time, battling it out, and then you have, like, this team bringing something. Um, I mean, I like what Johan said also about, you know, the stakes and kind of pushing the Tier 1 teams, giving them reason to to push it i think that also just like helps the scene as a whole and and also brings a lot of hype because the the the, the more often you you get the best teams to really push their potential you know the the, the better it is for the game and the, the for the show also in general and then you have you start seeing these teams kind of you know presenting something that they have prepared or worked on whatever and then you know they 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 set the they set the the level of what the tournament is going to be and I think the, the excitement and the hype also comes from seeing, of course, you see them win, but then you have, you know, other candidates that are going to try to challenge them and in a reduced amount of time and you get to see uh, something develop, kind of. And I think we, you don't have that with, you know, one game a week. Like, it, it, it just feels very slow. It just feels like, you know, there's this one game, but what does a game truly mean in Dota? Like, it, it of course, it's it's nice and stuff, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean as much as... It doesn't really get the get the subtleness of the game out and of the competition and of the high level competition like what's really what's super exciting basically what is exciting about LAN is like or like about it, the tournament you have teams you know diverse teams and you know that they're really trying very hard and then you you know that things are about to happen you know if, if they're not going to be taken down but this by this team then it's going to be the next one if it's not the next one then it's there's like a lot to look forward to in terms of hype because you don't really know what to expect and i feel like when you have this one game a week format it's like all right they won or they lost but it i, I don't know to me it just doesn't really give the same level of excitement like at mm -hmm. all for some reason i don't really know if it's no cathartic yeah no, there's not and i will say i mean i remember because i i don't want to be like opportunistic you know or being kidnapped by the moment i remember that the other schedule was very hard on players they had to spend a lot of time away from their homes which meant they couldn't have significant other pets and homes so there was a, a, like a massive overcorrection at one point okay let's go completely the opposite side and then through the overcorrection i think again they they stumble into another problem it always happens like this you know you're trying to fix one and you stumble into another one and maybe maybe we are so in love with the whole system that i really try to separate myself is is this system better how is it helping let's analyze it okay this system has created this and this and this but there is this thing that Johan said all the way at the beginning where is, yes, this only works if your whole plan is executed to its fullest potential. But the moment that anything happens and there is a hiccup and then we cannot do the major, then we're not doing any of this. And what are we doing this for? When they cancel TI in 2020, then what are we, what are we doing this for? Like, no, but that's, that's think ridiculous. about this DPC. Think about this DPC and when they announce that there's not going to be a major, it's like... I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't even for? know which word to mm -hmm. use. Like, it, it then it's it's completely pointless, right? These games, like, and all these weeks of competition, and and you lose track of you know team developing and the meta and whatnot. Like, everything is just, yeah. Um, it, it, there's so much more at risk. I feel, for example, and Mike, I'm gonna bring it back to you. I don't think I could get into professional League of Legends with our current LEC or LCS. Uh, setup. You play a best of one only, by the way, not even best of twos or best of threes. You mm -hmm. play best of one, two best of ones a week against two different teams. At that point, you don't know how a team really plays. You don't know the meta of this. And I know the game is much inferior to Dota, but it's still, you know, <laughs> this is going to be used it, it whenever you get like, into League of Legends. It does feel like a very stale book when you only get to read about your team kind of like how they're doing once a week. Um, mm -hmm. And then very rarely you get, you know, the fuller story, which would be the LAN event or, or, or the media day or where, whatever that would be. But, but yeah, 
I say it again, like back in the day, and I, I agree with Jay, you know, no point being super nostalgic, they had issues, but back in the day, there was, the entertainment was way more suited for, I mean, anybody with short attention span, anybody who was like more into the, into the hype of the scene and into the drama and into the grudge matches and all that, like, mm. now it's way harder, it is way harder, mm. like, yeah, uh, yeah. I miss the good old times, like part of it, which was, <laughs> I also think making Dota peak more, making the, actually making the Dota peak because now this one, once a week thing, of course you get peak games. Of course you have teams that are going to play exceptionally well, but I don't think it promotes as much as other uh, formats. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, we actually, we can see, I guess, just looking at the league side too, they introduced a, um, before the, the spring splits now, they introduced like a small tournament. It's called lock-in where, um, basically the first couple of weeks of January before the season starts, you know, you pay two groups and you're seated based on teams, uh, placements and they get to basically like, the winners get to pick each group out. So, you know, it's, doesn't mean anything it has no impact on the season, but like something in that format where, you know, you're playing multiple games against some of these teams early on in the year. And like, there's no stakes, but I think when you have the match format like that, where you're going to play games back to back, you can form an opinion. And I think a lot of the times, like what hurts the, the in the best of ones is there's no narrative around it, right? It's like, uh, they played, uh, you know, we played these two teams this week and it's like, maybe the meta favors them and the patch is going to change in two weeks anyway. But if you look at a tournament or like a, a larger scale event, you know, you can form a narrative. It's like, oh, wow, like, OG's coming into this event. These are the new players they got. This is what we're expecting from them. You get to see five or six matches in the span of, you know, a week and a half, you know, 10 days or something. And then maybe the next tournament's in, in a month and you're saying, oh, well, this is how they performed last time. They've been practicing. Maybe they played a couple of games here. But then the next event, it's like, well, this is what we saw last time. What are the changes? There's more of a drastic change, you would hope at least, um, going into that. Or like, oh, this team's continuing their dominance over months as opposed to uh, they beat Team Tickles this week. You know, cool. You know, I'm not really excited about never, that. that uh, yeah. yeah. It's hard to reach that dominance and, and pure dominance yeah. and feel the grudge between teams build up. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, trash talk hasn't really evolved yeah, too much. At those events, that's when you get those emotions that run high, which I think is a Valve ecosystem. Like, obviously, I've worked with CS before and I've worked, um, you know, on the league side, you know, people that work in the Valve ecosystem of games tend to be edgier um, in terms of their, like, because they only see each other on these like LAN events historically, right? So all these emotions, all this like, you know, physical energy is there, right? Whereas in League, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, we're just showing up the studio. It's a casual Friday. We're getting our, you know, our venti frappuccinos and we're sitting on stage and then just gonna, you know, we'll play a game. We'll go back home and we'll get K barbecue afterwards, you know? <laughs> so. That doesn't sound so hype to me either. I'll be <laughs> honest. That really does not sound very hype. Yeah. So the K barbecue is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, when, the when we started, was always yeah, hype. Yeah. That, that's very hype. <laughs> when we started uh, CS:GO, I was very critical of the ecosystem because the CS:GO ecosystem is actually very close. And I remember telling Nico in a in a conference, "Yeah, Nico, of course you like Nico from CEO of Vitality. It's like, of course you like close ecosystem because you are inside the party. If you were outside the party, you wouldn't like this ecosystem." And he laughed. And I still feel the same way. But in, in CSGO, we are in a way part of the ecosystem now. So in my mind, it's like, this is the best ecosystem we have right now in eSport, in my opinion. The CSGO has the best tournaments, the best productions, and because you have different TOs fighting for each other to make it, the tournaments are super hype. I do agree that the calendar is a little bit too packed, and it's sometimes hard to find some of these storylines. But in CSGO, you see like, okay, well, Navi did really good in this tournament. Who's going to be able to dethrone them? OG has a new IGL. How are they going to do in here? Oh, now G2 has Alexi B. How is he going to be doing here? Device is not playing for NIP and this new young ninja is coming in. The story ones are really cool. And you pack the games and in a week we play, I don't know, 10 games. And you finish and it's like clear champions, clear losers, you know, clear people that have something to change. And then you get together in another battle a few weeks later. But it's true that... CSGO at the same time is very close, dude. It's very, very close. If you're not one of those top 20 teams, it, it, you, there is no space for you to survive in this ecosystem. So I can see the pros and cons of everything. I mean, you could have qualifiers. In Dota right now, anybody can get a guys. You could have qualifiers anyway Sorry, for these events. I think you could find a way mm -hmm. 
I I mean I agree with what you're saying, and I think you could find a way to not have it closed while mm -hmm. keeping what you like about it. I I actually think it's two distinctive matters. I think you could have both. Okay, but there there is a lot of upsides to having leagues or having predictability. I would say for the greater good. Um, of the scene what i mean is like let's say you have a league and it becomes a more closed system like it is in csgo i also think it comes with a general upside financially speaking and for the whole scene but at the same time i also would like to see a uh, you know the one or two qualifier slots so that anybody or that there is a way in i i, I do think that uh the nba or or whatever other league for typical sports where there's zero chance for for, for new people to get in is a bit against the competitive spirit um but at the same time i think the more of that the more financial um planning you can do and which will just lead to better better things overall for all the people even the new who could who, who could find their way in there kind of the same thing which i think just happened in dota but even though it was fully open it was like very close just in terms of the players uh and there was always the same teams who, who would have to get in there and the only way you'd get smarter is kind of like wait for your turn um but yeah i would agree that csgo is the best ecosystem currently like the most and I, and i think it just comes from the hype that's being built and then it is oversaturated because everybody wants to get in on it um and they could just turn it down a notch but not too much but but yeah i i also think it's it's the better one right now because it has it has all that hype Okay. No, it's just like the importance of the narratives. I think that's that's actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that's probably what hypes me up personally the most. It's like whether this the schedule has to allow it, the the um, the production, you know, what whatever really helps. But it's really that 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 creates the excitement. You know, it's having these stories build up. Mm -hmm. So they need enough time to build up. They maybe need enough games to be played in order for it to be legit, which is like. There hasn't been like only one game and then there's not much you can make out of it and and mm. you have to wait another 10 days for this other game and narratives are, are everything and i think that's also the part of csgo i mean you said it yourself jay is like you know you have the, the the navi dominance and then you have these guys you know trying to pick themselves up and whatever and this is truly what's exciting about it and and mm -hmm. making sure that so the the nice thing about like the spirit of competition what is it is like you you want to make sure that you get the best talent in your competition and i think keeping it open is it, it doesn't matter if it's super open or there's only one slot or two slots but i think just having this one slot this possibility of like hey there's you know this this guy or this girl or whatever this team like out there and and they look to be you know the the next the next big thing you need to find a way to get them in somehow. I think for the sake of the show and, and for the people that really enjoy watching the discipline, <laughs> whatever it is, whether it's esports, sports, whatever, I think that's quite important. This is when you know you're getting you know the best and you also know that w whatever teams you have already competing, they're going to get challenged by the best the world has to offer, kind of. I think that's super exciting. Mm -hmm. When EPL and Blast pitch this to Valve, Valve require them to keep it open at least for a few slots. That's what they require. They didn't want to close it completely. I think so it's it was like, if you can do this, yeah, but you have to, like you said, you have to put a slot so it changes. It's not a completely closed league. I, I was going to mention something that, to echo what you're saying, a lot of people came to watch us this last week when, they, when we played the Blast tournament because they wanted to see Nexa. They wanted to see how is OG going to be doing now that they finally change this and this and this. Are they going to burn? Are they going to do better? So you see now they're not really joining. Oh, let me see how the meta is in this game. It's not like, oh, so for example, we just lost to Liquid. Okay, I won a game. I want to go right after. I want to go another game. Because now it's like, oh, were you OG a fluke? Are the young kids going to be able to take pick up themselves up? Like, it's funny that we end up with this three days bracket and nothing for seven weeks and then <clears throat> a month in the middle yeah, so yeah, we've sure. never really been able to create mm -hmm. any narrative because we don't know are we for real are og kids for real is secret just chilling and sandbagging 
until it matters. But the, you know, the, I don't the know. narrative is kind of boring, though, right? It's like, the, when yeah. did we last play? Oh, it was a qualifier. Oh, yeah, we lost. It was a weeks ago. That game didn't even matter. I mean, now we're finally getting to a game that mattered and it hurts. And it, I mean, we lost and it hurts. And mm -hmm. now we want to play them again, you know? But again, this is a three-day tournament. The the other game is not a month away. And, and there's mm -hmm. actually something something here at the playoffs. But, but yeah, it is quite crazy to have that DPC format spanned over so long with so little games and with so little repetitive mm -hmm. uh, like you need you need the same teams to clash a bit more or have the potential to meet each other again more frequently mm -hmm. or if anything as high stakes as possible i think like one of the things that the dpc format could allow is to build more hype i think you have to build the hype actually like between the games but that requires like but then you have to uh, yeah. talk shit about the other guys or something, right? Yeah, but I, I think like, that requires like I mean, like you both, you both are doing your best to do this, you know? Calling yeah. people pussies <laughs> yeah, and saying something. I'm going to go right now. Dude, like, you, at the end try. of the day, you it's try. just okay? big been... hearts. You know, like, no hype. Let's 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 make it hype. Like, this guy's a cheater right there. <laughs> yeah, I called him out. No, but... It's like OG... OG carrying the narrative, you know? Since 2019, 2018. There is nothing going on this week. Let's make... let's Let's... Take Sebastian to surgery. Mm -hmm. Let's bring Mike. Let's send Mike back. Yeah, you guys single-handedly carry Dota. No, but listen. When you think about it, like we're like at the end of the day, what we're saying is that what really matters is the narratives and the storylines. This is what creates most of the hype, or it, it really, you know, brings a lot of excitement. Sure, you could be the devil's advocate and say if you have a three days tournament, even if you have the best team from all over all, all over the world, you don't really have the time to build on the storylines. I mean, they kind of build themselves already. Uh, j just the games and the, res the, the results and whatnot. With the DPC format, maybe Valve or the, the TOs, they would, even the teams themselves, like whoever is up to create content or like create, kind of just tell the stories, they have time to do so. You know, leading up to the game, what has been happening, maybe getting a glimpse of the practice, getting a getting a review of what has happened the week the week before, how does it matter? I feel like the problem with the DPC, honestly, is that there, there's nothing happening like besides the games. You just have yeah. this game, there's what like is, a what, what was their last uh, player profile? Yeah. That Valve made, speaking of what exactly. you're saying. There's like none of that and, and you have like these ten minutes before the game that honestly is like i mean the effort is nice but it, it's not super quality content it's like yeah, yeah. just have casters kind of discussing mm -hmm. oh this team they did this and they did that you don't feel like there's there's been effort being put in in really building the stories because mm -hmm. if you think about it you have one week to build up the stories you could have great content and then the game would actually be pretty hype if if, if you spend time kind of mm -hmm. building that um but yeah, yeah. there's just like so very unexploded potential Go ahead, Mike, go ahead. I interrupt. Yeah, I was gonna say, no, I mean, as somebody who's like, who, if I wanted to get into Dota, right? Like, if I wanted to actually like, sit down and watch and try to learn, like, you know, if I sit there, as, as I've kind of alluded to, like, there's an analysis of the game, which is great, but like, I don't understand what I'm getting into. Like, there's nothing that's gonna, like, grabs me and says, like, man, I really wanna follow this team or this player because, you know, I'm listening to, like, the pregame, the postgame analysis, like, ah, yes, OG are four and three. There's some tiebreakers here. They lost to this team. They're young guys. It's like, Cool, but what is that that tells me? Like I could Google that, you know, I could look yeah, at exactly. the I could go to Liquipedia and figure it out. Whereas like you know, and I think we've also seen it in, in other esports, there's a lot of like this effort to manufacture rivalries and manufacture the narrative, which is just I think it is a part of the TO ecosystem, right? Like if Valve's not gonna jump into it with the competitive operations and putting a structure around it, it has to go to the TO and I think that's just part of the event creation is like sure, the format of your event's important, the competitive integrity of your event's important, you want good teams, but like what is going to get me to watch? Because if I have an investment into this event in the story, I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to, you know, for partners who are working with the events, I want to buy their products. I want to look at their things that they're advertising. It makes their marketing efficient. Um, but, you know, when I turn into the team, like I watched the match this morning, I'm like, I have no fucking clue what's happening, right? Like, I don't know why this match matters as like an observer. I wouldn't know why this match mattered other than, oh, it's, for dpc points what does that mean like there's no explanation there's no education for somebody who wants to get into it so you're just kind of pitching the content to your core audience your core audience and you're never really growing that out to you know to people and like that would make me concerned for like the future of the you know of the game itself is if you're just going to keep going down this road you're just going to have your dwindling core audience you're going to turn into baseball right where people are just going to gradually go away from it and then 
new people will find new games. So, so we're gonna. I want to close this this podcast because I I'm trying to keep them at an hour, even though I think we could be talking about this for many many more hours. <laughs> uh, I would love to have you both back, and there, I think obviously there is a lot more parallel lessons, and we can do like a esports kind of talk, business talks, where we can break down other things. Mm. But yeah, I uh, wanted to see if you guys have like final thoughts, one minute each or 30 seconds each. Uh, Sepp, final thoughts about you want to wrap this up about the podcast, about you being here, about Mike, about, I don't know, about the, the, the world that you have behind you and why you're stuck in a prison. <laughs> Anything you want to share? I mean, I, just think, got out. <laughs> I, I think it was fun. I, I think your, Johan's answers and takes were pretty boring, uh, but I'm kind of used to it. So I'm here for. <laughs> but I like it because I think it's puts you know, like boring a, person, boring. it sheds a good light on me and Mike because whenever we go after Johan, it's just <laughs> it's easy. They to call me the contrast, smart. man. I'm just a contrast. <laughs> I'm yeah. kidding, bro. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I like it. It's fun. It's fun to talk about stuff. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be back for other things. I don't know if I'm that qualified to discuss esports things. I mean, my, my take is as good as. A redditor's stake, which is a good take. Like it's a take, so I don't mind. It's perfect. There are audience. It's the truth. There's exactly our audience. You're saying it <laughs> exactly. You're like it. yeah, I just don't want to sound like I think I know what I'm talking about. Like I'm, I just, I just talk about it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. So the final thoughts were amazing. Uh, you still haven't clarified why you're in a prison. I'm not. And why you have like a naked just... uh, brick behind it? No, no, no. This is just how it is. Isn't it like a bit New Yorky? Like this. Yeah, but have you seen that there's like yeah. a one one of them missing? Is yeah. that where you try to escape through the prison? You I see behind it. you? I took it. There's I one, it. I one brick it. missing. <laughs> but the, the, the knife it's is not there. a real brick. Something. It's like it's like a fake uh, fake wall plaster. <laughs> you guys have like white walls. Like you're not taking any risk, and you're just criticizing mine. Just like no, no. I have something. I have anime pictures on my wall. I'm taking a big risk here. Yeah, but that's like that's cheating. I just want you know like the wall. I I could put posters and stuff too, and you wouldn't know. Not on the brick wall. No. <laughs> Mike, how about you? Um, thoughts, final thoughts? Um, it's nice to to dive in and have a different perspective because obviously my Dota knowledge is uh, cripplingly limited. So, you know, and I'm also happy to discuss, you know, um, the superior MOBA that is League of Legends. You know, <laughs> very kid game, car- very kid game cartoon graphic. Yeah, it's okay. Don't go into the don't go into our Discord because I, I talk shit all the time. So. Uh, but yeah, no, well, definitely a good, good Maybe experience. we end up in the other in the other MOBA. Let's just not call it superior mm-hmm. or inferior. Just the other MOBA. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe soon. All right. Johan, how about you? Final thoughts? No, I think it's hopefully this is these talks, I don't know, inspire something good. Um I think it's always nice to bring up these subjects of relevance and subjects of, of improvement. Um yeah, I'm happy to have had Good, good company today, and I'm excited to see the the take and and the angry email that we'll get from Valve later. Yeah. <laughs> was, no. we'll, we'll, if we do this, Please. if we, yeah, if we do this episode once a I week. Mean, we'll get an email, so that's how we communicate. Yeah. No, Sorry, I, I don't read emails. Like, I, We're I, fine. I know that there. I know that Valve have, have done a lot of good things in the past. I just want to say I'm so happy to have been blessed with with a company adopting Dota One and making Dota Two and you know, history has been great. I'm still excited for the new patch. I'm still excited for the game. It's an incredible game. Uh, I, but I also worry. You know, I hope I want to. I want to see this game go on and on and on. And yeah, I'm. Um, I'm all years. I'm my. I'll read my emails from now on. And uh, yeah, excited for uh, excited for better Dota and like a better Dota ecosystem in the future. Awesome. For me, the final thought is: it's clear that even when you have three very smart people in the room. There's still a lot of ideas bouncing around that they're not fully settled. But you see that the moment that you talk about them, some of them start really to, to shape up, you know, which is, I think, what we should mm-hmm. be doing. Because I think that I was convinced maybe about the importance of narratives when I never really thought about that until maybe right now, you know, we've been fighting about on another battlefield. battlefield. So I think mm-hmm. that these kind of conversations will make everybody always smarter. And bringing people from other ecosystems, which is why literally we hire Mike from another ecosystem, it expands our vision of the world. Because sometimes we, we just get too little, you know, in our world, oh, my pain, my, my world. 
And then you're like, hey, this is how we do it in this other inferior mobile, you know? So, you know, it's always it's always really refreshing. It, it never stops delivering. <laughs> like, you <laughs> said it like 15 times. It's been as funny as the first inferior one. Mobile. Just keep it up. It actually yeah. never stops. I love it. It's endless, endless source of joy. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking wonderful. Oh. It's always like, I always I'm sorry. the best thing about League of Legends is the ecosystem and the worst part is the game. So it's always fun, you know? Uh, okay, it's okay. Uh, oh my god, what an intense pack game. It's like, what an intense pack game. It's been 25 minutes and the score is 1-0. Uh, so what have you been doing for the last 25 minutes? Oh, he just killed the creep. He just killed the creep. Okay, and uh, that's it. And then yeah, we cut out some more, seven, cut out some more trees. 120, game. <laughs> uh, yeah, go c every time I watch a Dota game, it's, oh, he's cutting down some trees. Oh, he's TPing out. Oh, he's TPing out again. Oh, there's a... Uh, oh, oh, yeah. There's a BKB. Oh, he's TPing out of it. Can't CC him. Hey, our TPs cost money, okay? It's a financial decision. It's, it's yeah. not as oh, simple. Oh, died. Let me just buy myself back. Which, which is actually league is grasp on, on Dora, eh? you're very humble. You you pretty much understand the game already. Yeah, I understand the so game. The, yeah, the, just the, run at each. You have to start Dota, and then you you go to your lane, and if you die, you can just buy back right away. It's it's, it's a it's a solid strategy. You don't have to spend <laughs> yeah, any time. Yeah, your teammates are gonna like it too. Yeah. Don't yeah. listen yes. to your teammate. Don't listen to your teammate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, just, They're hating. just hating you because yeah. you're better than them. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. Just go ahead and do it. You have a great experience. You're better than them. Run back. Yeah. Oh my god. Amazing. Okay, well, thank you so much. This episode was great. Please, please, please come back. We would love to have you here. I mean, Johan and I, conversation are already getting boring, so we need new blood into this ecosystem. Because besides all these stories, we we know we need new people and new energy. Thank you so much, everybody. Give me your blood. Uh, <laughs> give me your blood, indeed. Thank you so much, everybody, and see you guys next week. Bye bye. Thank you. See you.